It was a powerful demonstration of the Holy Ghost, what God did this past week. And I believe that God has begun something in our own youth and young adults, some things that God has started and some things that have been initiated and we will come to see. And at this time, I want you to welcome. Now, I know it's the middle of the week and there's a lot that goes on all throughout the week. But I want you to allow yourself to put yourself as if you were the young lady, the teenager that was coming to speak before you. What attention would you want people to give? What energy would you want people to give? So I want you to have that in mind as you welcome Riley at this time. She's going to come on up. She is taking this time as a young lady to speak and to encourage. And we want her to know that we are ready to receive. We appreciate her passion, her hunger, her faithfulness to God. And tonight, it's an honor for us to welcome. And as soon as she concludes, they're going to come up one by one. And so, Riley, we're excited to hear you tonight. Thank you. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing tonight? That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, so bear with me because I just found out yesterday that I was speaking. So I'm, I'm a little nervous right now. Um, <laughs> But before I start, I just want to say thank you to Pastor John for picking me to speak to you guys. And even though Pastor Johnson and Sister Johnson aren't here, I want to say thank you to them because they helped me a lot um, going to NYC. And I want to say thank you to everyone who donated and who helped me fundraise to get to NYC because that's how I was able to go. <laughs> um, so how NYC affected me? It affected me a lot. Um, when we got to NYC, there was we had an expectations we, um, of how the food was going to be, how the weather was going to be like, and how the services were going to go. And let me just tell you, if you went to St. Louis, Missouri, which should be called misery because it's like that, <laughs> you would appreciate California and the prices for food a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but the services made up to it. When you saw that video, you could literally feel the Holy Ghost from that video. It was absolutely amazing and so powerful. And it made such a big impact in my life and I feel like everyone's lives that went to NYC. And I'm very thankful for going. Um, so uh, the service... Uh, I'd like to say scripture, um, it's Haggai 2.9, and it was actually, Haggai 2.9 was on um, our little, what's it called? Uh, yeah, that thing, yeah, the thing we had around our neck, <laughs> the thing, yeah, so Haggai 2.9 says, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Um, that was basically what NAYC was about, the glory of God. That was what the whole center was about. And it was amazing because um, in the, the second day in the morning, um, this preacher, I can't say her name because uh, it's, uh, her name's kind of sensitive because um, she, she goes to uh, very, yes, yeah, uh, countries, <laughs> dangerous countries. But her um, preaching really made a big impact on me because she talked about the glory of God and how it's different than the presence of God. The presence of God, um, we can get caught up in thinking that we're getting enough when we're just, when we're in the presence of God and thinking that we're going deeper. 
And the only way that we can be in the glory of God is if we make the covenant of righteousness. And that was her title, the covenant of righteousness. And righteousness isn't something that we put on, but it's something that's in within us. <laughs> and... And I thought that was amazing because I'm like, wow, a lot of people sometimes, you know, when they come to church, they just think, try to act like everything's okay. Try to put on their biggest smile, and, but then the reality, when they go home, they, they do the same old things. They fall back in the same old sin, and I think it happens to a lot of us, and we can get caught up in the world and the things of the world, and especially going back to school and jobs and everything, it's it's pretty difficult when we're living for God, when everyone's so against us and the world is so loud. Um, however, um, I'm grateful that we have prayer and we can pray. Um, we have prayer and we're able to go into the closet or go or kneel down at our bed and pray or go on the altar and pray. And I think it's important that, especially for our young people, to pray, to take time to pray, to make time to pray. And um, one of the breakout sessions, we were late, but the ending of <laughs> God give us grace because it's a time, two hour di time difference. So waking up at 8 a.m. over there is like waking up 6 a.m. here. <laughs> but we were late, but um, at the end, um, he had showed us this graph and it was, showed how much time that teens spend on our phone and it's an average of eight hours. And it showed just this little chunk of how much time we go to church. Like if, you, that, if the only time you're spending with God is on Wednesdays and Sundays, and not counting hyphen or youth, but if that's the only time you spend with God, then you don't truly have a relationship with God. And, and how do you expect to uh, go through the end times and to survive the end times with only make having a little bit of a relationship with God and especially going back to school I feel I felt called to start a P7 and I know <laughs> and I know there's a lot of youth and hyphen that are called for um, being a missionary, for being um, a teacher, for being um, a prophet, for being uh, so many things. There's so many things I know that everyone's called to do. And even in your old age, you know, there's still things you're called to do. And... <laughs> so... I think it's, it's important that we make the time for God and not forget about um, how the importance of prayer and the importance of fasting and the importance of reading our Bible and feeding our mind with the word of God instead of going on our phones. So, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go, Alexis!
Wow, praise God. Um, I'm not going to preach like Riley did, but I'm just going to share a little bit about uh, what I got from Congress. Um, I was really thankful to be able to go. I wasn't planning on it, but shout out to Pastor Quinones for making a way for me to go. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really powerful experience. It's just so awesome to see more than 30,000 apostolics all together in one place, all worshiping the same God. You know, I feel like, I mean, sometimes it can feel like, you know, like, is there really like that many people out there that believe the same thing that I do? You can feel alone sometimes. But just, it was really reassuring to see all these people and you're like, that's not even everyone. Like, not everyone could make it, you know? But it was just so awesome to see like all these people worshiping um, unashamed and with boldness. Um, and I pray that that boldness ca- carries on to our home church to where we're not ashamed to worship. I know sometimes um, I see it like here, we can be ashamed to worship in our own home church, right? You're just, you're, you're, you're weighed down by whatever's going on, but I encourage you, okay, I wasn't planning on saying this, I'm sorry. I encourage you to just, it, when you're here at church, the, like Riley said, we're only here a little bit of time. When you're here, just be unashamed, just worship, just bring it all, give 100%. And it's an important reminder for us all, for me too. I just wanna read a quick verse. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, and it reads, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This verse, and we talked about this, or they talked about this at NAYC, talking about making disciples, reaching out to people. Um, you know, in this verse is saying like we represent Jesus and we have been given the task of reaching other people. We know the good news and it's our responsibility um, to share it and to reach the people around us, whether it be at school or at your job, when you go to the doctor's office, anywhere, it's your responsibility. It's not just like, oh, maybe you should. No, as apostolics, as Christians, it's our duty and it's our responsibility to do so. So I really encourage the young people to pray about starting a P7 club and our hyphens to pray about starting a campus ministry. It can be very like overwhelming. Um, If you don't know what a P7 club is, it's basically like a Christian club, sorry. But um, it can be overwhelming. It can feel maybe like embarrassing, but I just really urge you to pray about it and share the good news, share the gospel. Um. And the last night, Brother Chris Green was preaching, and um, he had a very powerful message. And one of the things that he said that really stood out to me is that um, we tend to go to event after event after event, and we hear these evangelists, we hear these prophets and these preachers, and they're preaching to us, and we're like, wow, that was such an awesome word. We go home, we do the same thing that we did before. We, we go home unchanged, and then we come to another event. We're like, wow, so awesome. And it's just a cycle, right? We just we go through the motions, and we don't make any actual changes But what we need to start doing is to not just preach to the saved people, right? Constantly having conferences and events just for the people who already know this truth, but to start going out, starting a Bible study, um, reaching the people that you're in contact with every single day that are not a part of the church. Um, So I feel like that really convicted me. It's like, wow, we do we do do that. We do like hold conferences and we kind of just preach to each other instead of preaching to the lost people. Um, 
Another, the, another message that was preached, um, when that Riley was talking about, Sister Shock mentioned um, that where she was, one of the countries that she visited, they make, a, it, was, it was like a really like in-depth story, but I'm gonna try to like boil it down. But they make covenants with one another. Um, they, they don't just make covenants with like God, they make covenants with one another because they respect each other so much. And when they break bread with each other, it's basically saying like, I'm making a covenant with you. I will not betray you. I will not talk bad about you. I will not do anything to harm you. And I will protect you. And they're making a covenant with each other. And I think it was, that also kind of convicted me too, because it's like, wow, like, they make covenants with other human beings. Like they really respect each other. And I feel like in American culture that can really get lost. We don't automatically have respect for one another. It's like, oh, you earn my respect. But Second um, Corinthians, the verse I read says, we are Christ's ambassadors. So uh, as though God were making his appeal through us. Right, so it's just a reminder to treat people. Uh, she said to treat people the way you would treat God. Right, that's how they do that in those other countries. They treat people the way that they treat God. They treat them with kindness and with love and respect, and they make covenants with one another. You know, it's so important to love God and love people, and the way that you do that is to share the good news with them, share the gospel with them. And yeah, overall, I had a really good time at NAYC, and I, I pray that you guys are encouraged with these speakers here today. And Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, they did awesome. I was like, well, what am I gonna have left to say <laughs> after all this? Um, first of all, they've already said it. We do not go to Youth Congress for the weather or the food or um, anything like that. <laughs> it was equally as hot as it is here. It was in the hundreds. They were also having a heat wave while we were there. Um, except they have that wonderful thing called humidity that was miserable. Oh my goodness. But um, we made it, we survived. So thank God for that. I also will just say us older people, because the young people think anybody over what, 25 or 30, they think we're old too. Um, so, <laughs> Going to a youth congress is very exhausting for us. Um, we don't really go because it's fun for us, um, but it's worth it. And we go because of the young people that are being affected. And to hear these messages and to be in these services where the glory of God is so strong and so powerful. I mean, lives are completely altered in this, in this conference. Lives are changed, the call of God is extended, and we're listening for, for the Lord to speak to us. Um, so I'm just gonna go over a few, few things, um, different services, um, different messages that we heard the first night on Wednesday night, it was called the five missing words. And um, they were preaching, or he was preaching about um, the spirit of the age, the time that we've gone through with COVID and, and the pandemic and different things that have attacked the church and talking about apathy 
And um, which apathy, by the way, is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. You just, eh. Whatever. And it's crept into the church with the, with the, in the last four years. That's what they were talking about. And there's, you know, a spirit of this age, voices trying to tell us to give less to God, less to the church, to decrease what we give God. But God doesn't ask us to lessen. He asks us to increase. The spirit of the age says, ah, consecration's no longer necessary. Eh. Hmm. But Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It is reasonable to give God everything that we have. To give God everything that we've got, that's our reasonable service. And just so you know, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So will you tell the Lord, speak, Lord, I, your servant heareth? Will we just stop and listen? Thursday morning, we heard about the message, a covenant of righteousness. That one, it broke all of us, I believe. Um, as you heard, there's a difference between the presence and the glory of God. I'm just going to say a few statements that she said. It's not my own words. And the whole sermon, I wish, and you can hear it. It's going to be on Discipleship Now. It's an app. So if you want to get that and listen to, to all the sermons, I believe that you can do that. I don't know if it's out yet, but it will be. Um, so these statements, it was a heavy sermon. It wasn't something where we were shouting and jumping and, and spinning around. But God was speaking to us straightforward. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. And real. And um, so I'm just going to give you some of these statements, and it's a little heavy. So prepare yourself. If we only visit the presence of God and view what he can do for us, you don't have the gospel. You have a hobby. If we can leave his presence unchanged you are not a tabernacle of his glory you are a slave to entertainment and you have a hobby we repented collectively all together during that sermon God forgive us Righteousness is treating, as you heard this, righteousness is treating those you encounter like you are entertaining God himself. He gave us his glory to live in, to live in. And what are we doing? 
He's coming back for a righteous bride. He imparted his righteousness into us. And that's what Riley was alluding to, that we don't put it on, it's in us. We can live in his glory every day. If you ever wonder why we're stuck in a cycle from event to event, maybe it's because we've become addicted to temporary trips to his presence instead of hungry to live in his glory. This is why we go and this is why we do what we do. For these young people to be in service after service, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night. They need it. Thursday night, we heard from Brother Anthony Mangan a call to glory. I, I can't, I can't just go through every sermon here, but I'm just going to tell you, we encountered the glory of the Lord. God was calling young people. He was calling them to the fivefold ministry. I mean, I'm telling you the trajectory of their lives. Many were changed. And he said, I'm not, it's not going to be for every one of you. There's 30, over 33,000. I don't know. Let's just say 35,000. He said five to 10,000 of you are going to, this is going to impact you tonight. So let's say out of this room, you know, you have 50 people maybe that are going to be impacted that could really take this and say, God, I'm listening for your voice. God, I'm listening for your call. God, I will go. I will do. He talked about us being apostolic, Jesus name, young people, and that we must kneel down for God to stand up. And he asked us, will you answer the call? And there's so much in that message, I, I cannot do it justice. But one thing that he prayed that I, it just really ministered to me, he, he prayed, God, bend me. Like, break me, mold me. I don't want to be who just I want to be or do what I want to do. God, bend me to be what you have called me to be. And I'm adding that into my, my prayer. God, bend me. Friday morning, we heard a message. And, and let me just tell you, there was a breakout session before the main session. So we heard a lot. This is just giving you the main ones, okay? There was a lot to take in. And I wish I would have taken more notes now. But um, Friday morning, we heard, it's okay to hate away. And if you're curious what the way is that you can hate, it's sin. And he said, if you're indifferent towards sin, it will destroy you. Because you'll reason with sin. And it cannot be reasoned with. Just a few statements. There's no such thing as your truth. There's only the truth. And he preached, he preached us straight too. He was basically, you know, encouraging us to be bold, 
to say the truth, to preach the truth, not to hide it, not to be intimidated, but to tell, to tell them, to tell everyone the truth. And he had a, um, a big bell that he was ringing, which was like the bell of truth. And you could just hear it. And you can imagine in a big stadium, you know, it just resounds in there. And um, we must ring the bell of truth for our generation. And he was, he had his dad come up and it was basically as an example that his parents, you know, were the ones that rang the bell of truth for him growing up. And then he had his pastor come up and his pastor was ringing the bell. And that's why it's so important for us to have mentors, to have our pastor, to have those that we're accountable to that will ring the bell of truth in our life. Not be afraid to offend us or hurt our feelings because our salvation and our soul is more important than that. And I think sometimes we, this is my words obviously, but I think sometimes we're a little bit afraid to speak the truth. You can speak the truth in love. It's possible, but you must speak the truth. When we're afraid to speak the truth, rather than realizing the importance of their soul, salvation is the most important thing. We want to see them saved. We want to see them make it to heaven. God, forgive me if I'm more worried or afraid to speak the truth. Say the truth. Preach the truth. Stand for holiness. Parents, pastors, that's who he was talking to because there's pastors in the building, youth pastors, everybody that was there. But here tonight, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, young people, we must must speak the truth. And one other statement that he said, it's not enough to love God. You must also hate the false way. You've got to hate sin. You've got to hate sin. Jesus, help us. We cannot reason with sin. And Friday night, you heard a little bit about it. It was the drought is over. That was the message that you saw, part of it. We talked about apostolic anointing and apostolic authority. And here come the apostolics. Woo, it was powerful. It was powerful. Every service was powerful. And I know our young people and our our young adults were impacted. And I would just like to say to each one of you here tonight, when you send your young people to events, youth convention, we have in our district every year, springtime, April, they're going to hear messages like this too that are impacting that are eternal. It's worth it. It's worth it. NAYC is every other year in the odd year. Save the money. Make it happen. Make burritos and sell them. I don't know. But you can do it. You can do it. Prioritize. Their soul, their soul is hanging in the balance. And let me tell you that the, the, At school, the enemy, he's not intimidated. He's not sleeping. He's not apathetic. 
The church, we've got to rise up. We've got to fight for our young people. We've got to put them in environments that are going to help them be saved. We've got to put them in environments that are going to allow them to feel the call of God, to hear the voice of God, to be, oh, convicted, to know what's right. And so I encourage you, I guess that's what I'm here as the adult to do. I don't know. I, feel, I felt that. But, you know, I know it's hard and I know money is tight. But start now. Start now. Every year there's youth convention and every other year there's NAYC. And I want to see all, your young, all us young people together. Well, hopefully some of you can go to chaperone so I can take a break. No. <laughs> all right. Uh, Brother Noah is going to finish it up tonight. Can you just clap your hands? Allow this word of God to speak to you in Jesus' name. It's not just for those of us that went to NAYC, but it's for you. This is for the church. This message is for each and every one of us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. So we went to NAYC, and I'm still paying for it in coffee and naps because... We barely got any sleep, but it was a good time. Um, it went by way, way fast, except for all the food lines took forever. Every meal, um, it was rough. But I do feel a little convicted coming back. And if I say anything that's wrong, pastor can clean it up. I'm sure he loves hearing that. <laughs> um, or pastor John can clean it up, one of them. <laughs> That's probably what pastors like to hear. But um, I feel a little convicted because we often come to services every Wednesday and every Sunday. And we come to service. And we have a preconceived idea of how service is going to go. There's going to be two songs. And there's going to be offering. And then there's going to be one more worship song probably. And then there's going to be preaching. And then there's going to be altar call. And we put God in this box. We put God in this box and we put our own faith in this box of what we think that, what we think God can do. And you know what? He probably just ends up doing what we think he's going to do because we don't extend our faith beyond that, believing that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, right? That is the God that we serve. He's infinite and he can do above all we can ask or think. But And so I say this with care, and I say this with love. And this is why I'm saying that we can get so caught in the routine that we miss the whole point of it. We miss the relationship. We get caught in the routine that this is how service is going to go, but we're not thinking, okay, I'm here for you, God. It's so easy to come to church as a consumer, to come to church as a consumer and to we we often come to church on low battery low power mode and we just we need those we need those songs to amp us up a little bit and then we've been starving for the word the whole week if we haven't been reading for it if we haven't reading it and then we need pastor or we need a preacher to give us the word and then only then are we ready to actually maybe see the glory in the altar call after we've 
come in with baggage from the world or after we've come in with things, right? Or after we've come in on low power mode, right? We come in as consumers and that's what they were talking about with entertainment, right? You come and it's just like a hobby or it's just entertainment or you just come because you need that charge that's gonna get you to the next service. And please understand, everything that I'm saying is in love. It's in love for this church because I love this church and I love the people here, okay? So we come in, low battery, right? And please, I'm tired in my flesh today, right? But we can't be consumers. We should come in as providers, right? As producers. We come in as producers and we bring the spirit, right? We don't come so that we feel the spirit at the end. But I just wonder what would happen if we brought the spirit with us if we brought the spirit with us and what would happen if we came and, and we were filled with the spirit, right? Look in the Bible, it's a phrase, being full of the spirit, right? And so what would happen if we came in full of the spirit every service, right? And so they go and they're getting ready to sing but altar call is happening before service has even started, right? I mean, I believe that, that that is the will of God for us. And it's so easy to forget the relationship part of it, that it's God's will for us to walk in the spirit continually. And, and the Israelites had this. They had this in 1 Samuel chapter 4. They go and they just lost a battle to the Philistines. So they go and they say, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant with us, right? As if God is some genie that you can rub the lamp and he's going to do what we expect, right? Sometimes we come to services and we think, if I clap during the songs and if I worship during that worship song and if I pray during the altar, then God has to do whatever it is that I expect him to do. And that is just, uh, I'm sorry, it's a fundamental, fundamental misunderstanding of the whole thing. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of the whole thing because the will of God is for us to be in relationship with him. And that is what the Ark of the Covenant was for. They had the tabernacle and the whole plan of the tabernacle. And you can look at a picture of it or study it out. There's the altar and where the sacrifice was made. And then there's the cleansing, right? And there's the holy of holies on the inside. And the whole purpose of it was so that the people could be in relationship with God, so that they could be in relationship with God, so that they could see his glory. His glory would fill the tabernacle. And that was the theme of Youth Congress, glory, glory, right? And so his glory would fill the tabernacle and they would be back in relationship with him because he was making them holy, right? So they they were holy again by the sacrifice that they made, by the tabernacle, and they could see the glory, And that was the whole purpose. And so when we look and we see John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And you study that word, dwelt. And I know a lot of you know this, but some don't. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that word dwelt is tied with the tabernacle. He tabernacled among us. He was the tabernacle for us, right? He was the glory of God, right? He dwelt among us and we 
beheld his glory. We saw his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, right? So Jesus, the whole purpose for him coming was to be that once and for all sacrifice that we could live in glory, that we could have glory, that we could experience glory, right? We were lost, but we've been found. And we can see that glory through Jesus, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's the glory of God. And so I was studying something else last night. And if they can put on the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I was studying this something else and I glanced over at this and I happen to see this and I know that this is a word for this church because it ties in with everything from Youth Congress and it's just, here we go. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, that's the Ten Commandments, the law, okay, the law, came with glory, right? In the tabernacle, there was glory. There was glory there in the routine, right? And so I'm not saying that when we come to service and we follow that schedule that there's no glory. There is glory there. But so it came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious, right? We live in the spirit. We walk in the spirit. And that ministry of the spirit is even more glorious than the routine. It's even more glorious than the schedule than what, than our preconceived notions, right? And so if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness, right? That goes right along with what they were saying for that Thursday morning message, righteousness. It brings righteousness. For what was glorious has no glory now in, com in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, that's the law, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, right? Just do what you have to do to get along, right? You're going to just make sacrifices along the way. And I'm just going service by service along the way. I'm just doing what I can to survive. If there's glory in that, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts, right? Of being in the spirit, of walking in the spirit. And here we go. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are very bold. We are very bold. We walk in that. We walk in that. We declare that. We keep that. We are very bold because we walk in that glory. We have that glory. It's not temporary. It's not going to fade away. But we walk in that glory. Right? Wherever it is that we are, we walk in that glory. We keep that glory. We bring that glory with us to church so we don't have to be amped up, but we bring that glory with us because we're expecting and we're believing that God is going to do something and just knowing he's, he's infinite. He's more than we can ask or think, right? He can do more than we can ask or think. And so I just believe that. And I, and it says this as, as, um, you stand where you are. It says this. In Isaiah chapter 6, right, Isaiah has this vision of God, and he sees the angels flying around. They're flying around in that heavenly temple. They're flying around up there, and they say, holy, 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 the earth 
is full of your glory. Holy, holy, holy. The earth is full of your glory. And I believe that I'm surrounded by people here today and that this church is people that seeks the face of God. We seek the glory of God. We want the glory. We want to go deeper. We want deeper things. We want the glory. We need the glory. It's not just the presence, but the glory, right? It's more glorious. It's more glorious, more glorious. Jesus in your name. Jesus, in your name, we look to you, God. Jesus, in your name, we look to you, God. Jesus, why don't you just right where you're at, why don't you just seek the Lord? I, I don't want the routine, God. I don't want my expectations to be the thing that holds you back. But Jesus, I want to see you. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I'm desiring you, God. I'm seeking you and I need you, Lord. Jesus, let me see your face, God. Jesus, let me see your glory. These altars are open. Don't let it just be a thing for today, but Jesus, I'm seeking your glory. Jesus, I'm seeking your glory to live in it. It's more glorious, more than the routine, God. Jesus, break up the routine in our lives. Break up the routine in our lives. We're answering your spirit. We're answering the call of your spirit and we're responding to you, knowing that you have glory for us. You have glory for us to walk in. You have glory for us to move in, God. Jesus, we're responding to you today. We're responding to you, Lord. Jesus, the glory that you have for us. The glory that you have for us. Jesus.